Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Well, guys, it's finally come down, and I do want to thank uh, the Browns for taking as long as possible to get right to that 4 o'clock deadline. But, you know, it is what it is. And we now have our first edition of the Final 53. Um, I'm sure, guys, it's going to change before lunch tomorrow for everybody. But it's a hot topic. It's some, something to talk about. Uh, I guess we'll go right in. Uh, I don't think you kind of really get to a surprise. I don't even know if on offense if you get on a surprise. Obviously, the quarterbacks, uh, everybody knows, obviously, Roback was gone. The three are staying. Like many have predicted, it was going to be... It, well, it actually is kind of weird because it's only three running backs. It's a three tailbacks. Obviously, Mr. Chubb, Mr. Hyde, Mr. Duke Johnson, Danny Vitale waved injured. Uh, the wide receiving core, uh, whether it was Willies or whether it was Damari Scott, I think maybe Willies won out here because of a good body size. It gives you three taller targets in those three. You know, obviously with Josh Gordon, Damian Ratley, then obviously Antonio Callaway, you know, Landry... And, you know, Richard Higgins, a little bit more, you know, guys who can do a little bit more inside, but obviously everybody can be a little bit versatile. Pete, I guess some thoughts that we get to this point, and then the tight end position was one that was a little shocking. Uh, let's start with the tight end part. My guess is Orson Charles should not buy green bananas. Um, I think he's going to be a hold type guy, and then when they decide if there's somebody they like on waivers, whether it's tight end or whatever, that he's going to be the first. Whether it's Dimitri Flowers from Oklahoma? Yeah, I mean, certainly uh, they've opened the door with with uh, cutting the super back on an injury uh, deal. I don't know what you know the details on that, um, but yeah, I get. I guess the the big takeaway would be if you're not going to give a hundred percent on every play, um, there's no place for you on this team. Which would be the message to one Caleb Brantley, which was the the issue that he had. Coming out of Florida, this is this is who he was, and everybody kept insisting, "Oh, blah blah blah, he's got second round talent." Well, he didn't. Uh, he wasn't a great athlete, uh, and he would, you know, occasionally flash something. But then, then you know, two or the, two of the three next plays would be garbage effort, and he would get killed. Um, so that's not a surprise. Uh, again, you know, you, you could say Matt, Matthew Days was, was great in the fourth preseason game. He's too valuable. There's nowhere to put a fourth tailback. They were never going to see the field, not even be active. It just didn't make any sense. Um, Derek Willies is a slight surprise to me, uh, but I, I understand why they they did it. Uh, certainly, he's a you know a little bit of a height speed height uh, weight speed guy. Um, I don't know if he has any clue what he's doing, but I certainly see that. I was happy to see Seth the Valve. Uh, you know, is still here. Offensive line wise, you know, I I kept saying Spencer Drango can't play dead. Um, evidently the Browns agreed and they got Earl Watford, and I'm not sure he's any better, uh, which is weird. So that 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 could be a situation where they, again, that could be a placeholder type deal. But we'll, you know, they may be satisfied with that. And and you know, the trade. Uh, I I don't know. I, I, certainly this this would sound. Like something where uh, somebody was, you know, scouting this kid, uh, you know, scouting guys around the league and decided this was this was a kid they had to have. And it's not I mean, obviously, they didn't give much up for him, but because his college career has nothing uh, and I mean nothing he didn't do anything at Auburn. And then he doesn't even have athletic testing because he was hurt. 
so I don't, you know, that's one where we talked before the show and neither of us had a clue who he was. So that, you know, maybe that's uh, something that could be pretty good. I mean, there, there's a couple of nice stories on this ro- final roster. Um, you know, uh, Jeremiah McKinnon and, and De- Denzel Rice are sort of the feel good and J- Jermaine Grace is on here. Uh, those are feel good stories where you're like, you know, you you can root for the guy, um, you know, the the undrafted free agent types that sort of ground their way. And 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 you know, you and I were both wrong on this. And obviously, uh, Justin Curry, I, we don't know the injury, but something's wrong with him. And but they did cut BJ Bello, and I think you and I are both a little surprised at that. Yeah, Bello uh, is, you know, that one that actually hurts a little bit. Uh, you know, I like him on the special teams aspect. Uh, moves very well at the linebacker position. It, it just seemed a little head-scratching, uh, and, you know, especially for the guy he was cut for. Um, the acquisition, Damaro, uh, oh, my God, I'm, I'm going to screw up his name again. Damaro Lawrence. I'm sorry, Devaro Lawrence. Guys, Devereaux. Devereaux, I think. that's it. Devereaux Lawrence out of Auburn. Guys, if me and Pete don't know who a guy is that went to Auburn, that pretty much kind of tells you all you need to know. I mean... We'll miss out on a small school guy somewhere, but usually if a guy was a player and came from a program like Auburn, people would know who he is. Uh, six foot two, two ninety four. So uh, you know whether or not you're going to call him an inside guy or an outside guy, we have no idea. But you know somebody, somebody somewhere had a scout in his ear. Either it was the contingent from Green Bay, either it was John Dorsey. Somebody had a scout who loved him, and Dorsey or you know Highsmith, you know, one of these guys knew of who he was, and they felt like they wanted to make that move today. So for the Saints, you know, they're seventh-round pick. Go ahead, take it. Um, and like I said, with Orson Charles, um, he's a good blocker. So, I mean, maybe he is, you know, can play some fullback. I think there's two things that, you know, and like Pete said, you know, with the, and, you know, Orson Charles, don't be signing any rent agreements. Find yourself a couch somewhere for a couple of days. Um, I still think maybe they want a fullback, and that could be addressed tomorrow. I think Orson Charles is maybe here right now because they don't know if Seth Valve can play week one. Um, he's just, you know, I think he's just starting to hit a practice field. So Orson Charles could play week one and then be gone if Seth Deval is deemed ready to go from there. So he's one in that way. Uh, Damian Ratley, obviously I'm very excited. You know, uh, the rookies, Antonio Callaway. Willie's, he's another one. I'd be a little nervous uh, if there's something better on that waiver wire. I'm not so sure, you know, he should be too comfortable where he's at today. So that there's that one. Um, but Caleb Brantley, and this that was the interesting one because, I mean, was doing some things, but like you said, there, there were times where it was, all right, that was pretty good, and then there were times where, you know, what, 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 what was that? Where were you on that one? You know, did you, you didn't even get out of your stance or you shot up out of your stance and that was it. So, you know, Caleb Brantley, uh, and look, I know a lot of fans, this one kind of hurts, but guys, this was going to happen when guys were not part of John Dorsey's plan. And if the fact that you were coming here and not going full tilt every day, and you weren't one of John Dorsey's guys, it was going to open up that door. Guys, Locked On College, uh, I hope everybody's enjoying the first Saturday of college football. Uh, you know, Obviously, a lot of weather delays, so that's dampering your viewing and how you're handling these games today. Uh, Locked On College up and running. Locked On Sooners is up and running. Big win today. Obviously, the Kyler, Kyler Murray era, which is going to be one season before he goes off and plays center field for the Oakland A's. Rodney Anderson, absolute beast at the running back position. Uh, almost every draft guy I know consensus. He's the number one running back in the nation. Uh, uh, Marquise Brown, the wide receiver. He is a college version of the football player, Tyreek Hill. Don't know much about his off field, but that's the kind of return you get. Lockdown Sooners, guys, give that a listen. 
Uh, Pete, like we said with the cornerback position, now this one was going to be interesting. Uh, you know, we weren't sure on the vets, and I, I know you had written the piece for obviously for NFL Spin Zone uh, about you know where EJ Gaines was at. We're still here, and you know, I, I you know EJ Gaines maybe still in the plans long term. Maybe he could be gone in the next few days as well. Right. I mean, look, I think I think the only thing we, we know is that Denzel Ward and Terrence Mitchell are their outside guys. And then Brian Bowdy Calhoun is their, you know, their slot. But he's also the backup free safety. So God forbid something happens with Demarius Randall's knee. Uh, Calhoun would move up there, move back to free safety. And then uh, more than likely T.J. Carey uh, or E.J. Gaines, probably T.J. Carey, uh, becomes that slot guy. I mean, it, it's. Nice in the sense that they have a lot of options with these guys. Um, I'm sort of curious to see, you know, where this goes. But again, you know, it was a good, like, I, I, I think in the same way we, you know, there were a lot of bodies in there. I'm not sure how many answers we have uh, yet, but it was a great competition in the standpoint that there were so many guys that, you know, they really had a day in and day out fight. So, you know, Denzel Rice obviously looked very good and, and Jeremiah McKinnon, I, I wasn't that impressed with him. He was around the ball a lot, but that's because he was giving up a lot of receptions in my opinion and making tackles. But again, you know, that's, this is what they, the bronze wanted. And, and for, with John Dorsey, he, he really stressed this, especially at the corner position is getting just a, a day-in, day-out grind of a competition to see, you know, in some ways who is going to sort of survive uh, and who is going to sort of get better from that that grind. And, and they're at least right now saying that uh, they they got those guys and they had so many of them that, you know, if you count Brian Body Calhoun as a corner, as you should, uh, then they kept seven. That's a lot of corners. So, they you know, they don't have – at the same time, at the same time, they've got enough guys to cover guys. They also have no excuses not to cover guys. Yes, and uh, guys, uh, Mike Jordan, I was a fan. Um, guys, look, a lot of the guys who do draft work, uh, Mike Jordan's a kind of a fan favorite. Mike Jordan's agent is very good to the draft community. We're all very close with him. Uh, Mike Jordan, it's it's not here anymore in Cleveland, but the good news is there are a lot of teams who desperately need a fourth and fifth cornerback. Uh, yeah, we're talking to you, the Detroit Lions. Yes, we're talking to you, the Indianapolis Colts. I don't expect Mike Jordan to be out of work for very long. Uh, like we talked when we did the post-game wrap the other night, me and Pete, Denzel Rice, what you're going to do when you're a guy who's in contention for 51st, 52nd, 53rd man on a roster is you need to show that you can be multifaceted. What did you see Denzel Rice do? Make tackles. You saw him break up a pass. You saw him you know, do a fantastic job covering a punt as gunner. Denzel Rice won himself a job Thursday night in Detroit, and that's what you look for. And you know that's when at the end of the back, and that's a guy. Now you have a special teams coach going to bat for him. Now you have a defensive back coach going to bat for him, and that's how you can kind of piece in these last fifty-two and fifty-three man guys. And you know Denzel Rice, I mean, did all he could to get the job, and <clears throat> and hats off to him. If it had been Mike Jordan over McKinnon, I wouldn't have you know really batted an eye and thought it was that too much of a you know so much you know so much of a deal there. Uh, Pete, uh, I know a couple of your uh, draft binkies. Uh, Loney, uh, I know Andrew Brown got cut by Cincinnati. Uh, you, you make any calls? You sneaking in a Berea tonight and trying to see if you can wake somebody up? So, yeah, James Lo- James Looney, the kid out of Cal. Um, 
I really liked him coming out of college. I think he, you know, in a lot of ways, he's what people seem to hope Chad Thomas is going to be, but isn't. Uh, just a quick dude who just plugs and goes. And, uh, you know, I've talked to Tulane Adkins quite a bit about him uh, from over the OBR, and, and his he was always talking about he's inconsistent, and I, and I get it, but he was a high-effort guy. Uh, that's a guy who's interested me. The other guy, and this is a couple years removed, uh, and I've been, you know, we've been talking about this basically from the jump, looking around at depth charts. The Baltimore Ravens were going to release a guy that I felt like could help the Browns. They released Bronson Kafusi and they released uh, Carl Davis. Um, I, I would, to me, I really like Bronson Kafusi if they want another athletic pass rusher guy. Uh, he caught an injury his first his rookie year, and the Ravens, as the Ravens tend to do, just kept adding and adding and adding, and he got sort of lost in the wash. He's a little older, but he was pretty dominant uh, in preseason, and, and you know that's not Sunday guys, uh, the you know who's competing against. But like I think he had like two sacks in uh, the third preseason game or something along those lines. But if they want active, athletic guys. And they're saying that we've got, you know, they've got a spot on the roster. Um, that's a guy I would certainly look at. Andrew Brown, uh, you know, I sort of soured on with his athletic testing, uh, but you know, certainly an option if they want a plugger uh, type uh, that has some explosiveness uh, off the ball. I mean, a former five-star guy. Um, I, I mean, I'll be curious to see, you know, not only active roster-wise, but are the Browns going to basically try to, you know, because the way the practice squad works is a little bit of a wild, wild west situation where you don't really have a salary cap and you can sort of pay guys, you know, just basically cash um, to get them on their practice squad. Are the Browns going to, like, basically, you know, throw some money at some guys to try to get them on their practice squad um, to, you know, be able as an easy way to sort of get a look at them they're not on the active roster, but they're obviously in the uniform practicing. Um, are they going to try to sort of sneak some looks and see some guys uh, that way? But yeah, Kafusi is the one that stood out to me just because of the way the Browns seem to want to play. He's big, he's athletic, he can get off the ball uh, while playing inside and, and make some things happen. Um, there's a couple athletic offensive linemen floating around, and I don't know. I think Nico Siragusa, another one released by the Ravens. Uh, he may have had an injury situation, but he was a really impressive kid coming out of college. And then uh, Kofi Am- Amicia, uh, along the lines of uh, Jeff Gray, who was also with the Packers last year, um, athletic dude, but uh, as opposed to Jeff Gray, uh, they actually drafted him. Um, they may be trying to get him on their practice squad, but that, you know, again, you have so many Packers guys. Um, that we're familiar with him, they again, they may want to make a play for a guy like that. So, you know, it's interesting. Like, the, 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 you have that little chess match going on, which is why, again, we talk about Orson Charles. The, I wouldn't be comfortable, uh, and even Earl Watford, I, I don't, you know, earn your stripe. He's never taken a snap, and I, I don't even know if he's had a practice uh, helmet on yet. Uh, but, the, you know, this is not the final roster. This is the, you know, the pre-final roster. Uh, Sean Coleman going to San Francisco last night for a seventh-round pick. Uh, I don't know why people were shocked that they got something for him. Uh, I mean, and I think and it's, it shows why San Francisco he is a good pairing for what they have going on there. Uh, but you weren't too, too surprised they got a pick, Pete, or not? Well, they got a seventh-round pick next year. I mean, this is, you know, if, if, if you like a guy – 
you know, this just becomes a situation of why let him even get to waivers? Let's go ahead and grab him. Uh, the 49ers see it. And look, Sean Coleman is an enormous human being. Like, even he stands out among the offensive linemen. These are not small guys. He's just an enormous wide body who can run block really well. And if you're saying that, you know, uh, you, you're, you're trying to take on his flexibility issues and you feel like you can help him with his pass pro issues, then, yeah, he's worth it. Now, it's it, the writing was on the wall. For the Browns, as soon as he got demoted from left tackle, he, he suddenly became like the backup right tackle, and that that ain't where you want to be. Uh, so certainly, it made sense for the Browns to be aggressive with that. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm glad Dorsey was, you know, on the for, on the horn, looking to get something out of those guys. Uh, that's good. Uh, in the same respect that you know they go get Devereaux from uh, the Saints. You're not really making an investment, but you see a guy you like, you don't want to mess around with it. Go get your dude. Well, I think the reason I, it makes sense for San Francisco is obviously, you know, Staley at left tackle has been their incumbent there for a long, long time. McGlinchey at right tackle. Something happens to either one of them, you know that Sean Coleman can play right tackle. So he doesn't have to play left tackle in San Francisco. He can play right tackle regardless of what happens. If they lose either of their starting tackles, you know, obviously McGlinchey would just go to the left side and Coleman will be. So for San Francisco, it makes sense. And obviously, you know, they felt confident enough. And he is good in the run game. There were times the pass pro, I mean, but the problem was is the second he felt he was getting beat, that out came the hold or out just came the club to the back of the head. And he just, you know, basically just went back to terrible, terrible instincts. Guys, Locked On NFL, Matt Williamson, uh, fantastic job over there. Uh, Monday show is Locked On, uh, you know, Locked On host coming in, talking about whatever went on that weekend. Uh, Tuesdays, uh, Sage Rosenfels, Wednesday, Mike Brenner, PFF, Thursday, Mike Sando, ESPN, Friday, you know, game pickums, all that good stuff. Matt Williamson, locked on NFL. It does a lot of great work over there, guys. Make sure you're tuning into it. Uh, Justin Vogel actually, uh, you know, obviously lost the punter duty. Cole quit stuck. I, did, I wasn't really too surprised about that. That one doesn't, you know, so, uh, you know, specialist, everybody is intact. It is kind of interesting, though. I mean, everybody's going to wonder and speculate when, you know, a kicker of the Ilts from the Dallas Cowboys was, you know, booted. It'll be interesting where that goes. I'm not so necessarily sure you want to start bringing him to the you know AFC North where he really doesn't have that experience. So it'll be interesting to see if that one plays out. Plus, the other thing is I don't know if this team feels they're confident enough where they need to go you know, upper echelon for a kicker just yet. So we'll see how that plays out. So I'm uh, just going to run down the cut list here for you guys real quick. We've got a point or two more for Pete and then put a bow on this puppy. Uh, the 18 release today, B.J. Bellow. I'll shed a tear. Caleb Brantley. Pete knew it was coming. Devin yeah. Kajust, hard knock story, obviously. Yeah, Devin Kajust, I mean, that, that uh, to me, that's a guy they're probably going to try to get on the practice squad. It was, and obviously, and you saw him, I mean, you know, and, and with Baker, so it's, you know, everybody over there doing it against scrubs, but when Baker Mayfield's confident, confident throwing the ball to you, there's some skills there, you know, obviously a ton more refinement, so we'll see with Kajust, good story. Matthew Days, uh, Matthew Days is going to go on to another gig, I think, so he'll find himself a spot somewhere. Uh, and if and if uh, if for whatever reason Days doesn't, and the Browns have something go somebody go down, he's the first call. Like, the, yep. even if he's not on a roster, you know, and, and you, you don't don't be sitting there thinking Matthew Days' NFL career is over. He's one phone call away from the Browns being right back in there. Absolutely. I mean, you know, yank him out of a substitute teaching gig at you know ten fifteen when he's handing out a geometry test, and it could be back in Cleveland, but you know, before dinner time. Christian Delaro, sorry, Pete. I think well, I, I no. This was a guy I, I targeted for the practice squad the whole way, and I expect that's exactly what's going to happen to him. I think he's got the goods to be a long-term uh, player as an offensive lineman. 
Yes, okay. Spencer Drango, Daniel Ekeel, uh Zaykovi and Henderson. He wasn't getting much run, obviously, guys. I think, but I think he may be another guy that they try to get on the practice squad is, is their one back, you know, a backup nose if they need to call up a guy. Because I think they kind of feel like him, like maybe not as much as Desmond, Hez- Desmond Hez- Henderson, but I do think they kind of, you know, have some feelings, you know, I, I think towards him. Uh, Dontrell Hilliard, look, uh, just tough spot, wrong place to be in. Blake, uh, wide receiver Blake Jackson. Uh, Mike Jordan, again, another tier out for me. Uh, Montreal Me- Meander, uh, Nate Orchard. Uh, guys, we said it the other night, the you know, interception return for touchdown was a nice little highlight. I think he'll find himself onto another team, but it was clear that the days here in Cleveland were over. Defensive back, uh, Diggy Sankew, uh, he's another one moving on. Damari Scott, it was a tough spot. It was between him and Willies, and like I said, I don't even think Willies is that comfortable. But Damari Scott, I actually kind of liked. He was kind of growing on me. Just, you know, numbers were not in his favor. Obviously, when you acquire the amount of wide receivers the Browns did this offseason, that's kind of going to happen. Uh, linebacker, Brady Sheldon, obviously. Simeon Thomas, I think, is a strong, strong candidate for the practice squad as well. And like we said, Justin Vogel. Pete, Simeon Thomas, practice squad or no? Yeah, and, and not only do I think he'll be on the practice squad, I'm not sure there's any other anyone else is going to have interest. Uh, but given his age, his... History that may be the safest. I don't know. Uh, maybe, I mean, maybe try a safety position. I mean, he's just so long and lanky. It's going to be. I mean, he can't really swing the hips enough for the corner position. Maybe try safety. I'm, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if he's smart enough to play safety. But what what I could say is, especially in that last game, he didn't trust his technique uh, late in those routes. And when he didn't trust his technique, he became a grabber and he got pi for it. All right, before, yeah, absolutely. Um, Pete, before I let you go, before we put a bow on it, uh, we've been going on about this with the offensive line. And, you know, you knew when the draft ended it was time to sit down with Joel Batonio, and you should have done it the professional way and said, look, Joe, here's a little bit more. Here's a new contract, a little bit more money. Take one for the team. You're the, you're the vet. You established one here. You're the left tackle. You know, do what you got to do to be ready to play left tackle, whatever you got to do. So No, but they waited too long. Then they went ahead and started doing it. And now all of a sudden, because Desmond Harrison, who looked good in the third and fourth quarter, maybe the second and third quarter, the fourth preseason game, all of a sudden now you got rumblings that they're going to start an undrafted undrafted left tackle who was in college forever, had commitment issues towards the game, commitment issues about whether or not he could get his weight where it needed to be. And all of a sudden, you're talking about throwing him out there week one against the Pittsburgh Steelers. If that is legitimately coming from Hugh Jackson, this under, underlines how unprepared, unprepared, incapable he is of being a head coach. What you're saying is that that Desmond uh, Harrison, who looked, in my opinion, and, and you may disagree, I think he looked okay against those backups. I, I don't think, think he was... Where he looked, you, saw, you saw some dominance, but you should see him pancake a, a guy who's not going to make the Detroit Lions. He should do that. But I, I, I see underwhelming play strength. Uh, I, I see a pretty good pass protector. But my reaction is, you're going to line up this dude across from Cam Hayward week one. Cam Hayward is going to pick him up and hit your quarterback with his rotting carcass. Uh, over and over and over again. Now, beyond that, let's say that you put Des just for the sake of argument. Let's say Desmond Harrison is your left tackle. You're now saying that 
Joel Petonio is going to go back to guard where he hasn't been practicing for however long. He's been putting all of his effort in left tackle. Will he be able to figure it out? Clearly he's able to do that. But again, it's not a plan. It's haphazard. It's throwing this stuff in on the fly when you don't have to. Now, again, you're taking Austin Corbett, who took a 1,000 reps in the preseason at left guard, and this idea that maybe he goes to center now. He hasn't taken any center reps, uh, and and I think J.C. Trader's been a good player. I don't know where this ends up with that, but this idea that you're now going to throw this offensive line into chaos when you threw it into chaos already to try to get it to where it is now. Your offensive line entering week one for the foreseeable future should be Betonio, uh, Treader, uh, uh, Corbett, Treader. Zeitler, and then and, and Hubbard. And, and Des Harrison becomes a the backup left tackle. Hopefully he gets stronger and, and can become a viable player later. But, it, you know, if you're saying that Joel Betonio is not your long-term left tackle – uh, my belief is that your your actual long term left tackle is currently playing on Saturdays, uh, and and you know whoever that is, there's a bunch of talented players. Whether but, he's at Old Miss or whether he's in Tuscaloosa, yes. Which I th- I still think that may be the case anyway. Look, you if it works, it's great because you got a left tackle off the street out of nowhere. But just to think, you can. I mean, but why do you have to accelerate? There's a chance you could maybe end up with your future left tackle, and you hadn't put any draft capital in it. You found him out of nowhere. But when you're going to go in week one, face the creme de la creme of your division, and who's been handing you your lunch for 25 years, it's just it's just the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, it's just, you're, you're, you're back to this. And you're setting him up for failure. Right, you're setting him up for failure, but you shut nothing about this looks like a team who's organized, has a plan, and is ready to go. It just feels amateur. And that's, you know, that can't be, that you're not setting up a team for success. And and if that's the case, like, this is year three. This is when it's supposed to work, it happened. This is when you're supposed to make a real move. Uh, and you're, you're sitting there going, you know, the amateur hour entering week one. By the way, the Raiders just let go of Martavis Bryant, who they traded a third-round pick for. Uh, That's no, Well, no, Schefter had it earlier. There's apparently Martavius Bryant is possibly facing another suspension. Yeesh. Yeah. But you want to know what, though, Pete? They traded for A.J. McCarron today. Yeah. So, I mean, hey, you, you can't have a better day if you're Oakland. And, and, and Khalil Mack, $90 million guaranteed. God bless you. Absolutely 110%. And you want to know what? God bless you for getting out of there. Because this looks like an absolute stinking shit show that's about to go down in Oakland. And the fact that you're going to say there's financial repercussions within the organization and you couldn't keep Khalil Mack and you handed John Gruden's ass after a dozen years, $100 million guaranteed. My God. And if I was Vegas, I'd say, can we get somebody else? Can we please get somebody else? Because it started so great with hockey, but it may not go so great with football. Uh, guys, Pete Smith obviously writes over at NFL Spin Zone. Guys, read his work. Does you know, look, guys, Pete can be tough. There is no middle ground, but you want to know what he's got an opinion, and he works his tail off to have said opinion, so he should be able to have his opinion. Let's go ahead and follow Pete Smith, guys. Follow the show at Locked On Browns. We keep it a follow back account, guys. I love the feedback you've been giving me, uh, you know, about the show I did yesterday with Chad Patterson. Had him come on. 
I'll be honest with you guys. I had no idea Chad was going to be that good. We've had, always had great back and forth on Twitter. He seemed like the perfect guy for me to go ahead and start that with. And I, I really glad you like the idea. Guy, but, you know, try to do it once, twice, once, twice a month. I do have a lot of things, you know, the network requires of each show. So it's going to be tough to do it. Maybe, you know, as much as I'd like to do it a little bit more, it's probably I can only probably do it to that amount. So I do appreciate you guys for enjoying that aspect of it. And I do want to keep it going. Uh, follow me personally, at Jeff underscore, L, uh, underscore Lloyd. Uh, anything you guys want, guests, question, guys, always feed me. You know, always feed me on social media, guys. Best to get me always on my personal account. It's hard enough for me to handle one Twitter account than it is to handle two. Uh, guys, obviously, we'll come back tomorrow because I guarantee you we're going to have three, four changes by tomorrow as it is anyway. So we'll get you another one. I'm going to try to go almost every day throughout here through September. I'm going to make it the biggest month in, lock <clears throat> in Lockdown Browns ever. So, guys, until tomorrow, let's go Browns.